Welcome to the Long Hollow Group Leader Podcast. We believe that life change happens best in circles, not rows. And so whether we're talking about your life group, your D group, or your family, this resource exists to help you make disciples that make disciples. Hey, everybody. We are so excited for this episode. This is actually a special release um, because we want to talk about something that we think is super important. Um, We are going to talk today about the emotional health of your members uh, and even of yourself. Um, In the time like we have right now with the coronavirus and just there is, man, there's so much that's happening. And really, there's this health pandemic that's happening as we all are trying to stay healthy um, from the virus, but also there's this this emotional pandemic, this social pandemic, if you will. It's essentially how is that impacting our emotional well-being? And so today what we want to do is really, we're going to spend a little extra time because it's that important. And we hope that this is an episode that really helps you kind of assess how you're doing um, personally and as well as see some warning signs on how you can help uh, your people in your group and help them find, um, yeah, to, to get to a good place, a healthy place. And so um, we have, because we're definitely not experts in this, um, I'm actually really <laughs> excited today, Mike. I've never um, been accused because- of being in touch with my emotional health. that's good that's good Sophie would probably say I'm not the best either and so but I I do get excited about this topic I get excited uh, today's episode because we have brought in Ralph Cook and so Ralph tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're no pressure but you're the expert for this episode and so tell us a little bit about why we think you're the expert. Wow. Well, thank <laughs> you for letting me be here today. Uh, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, my wife and I founded Lantern Lane Farm in Mount Juliet about 16 years ago. We're a counseling center. We use horses in the therapeutic uh, process, work with kids and adults, relationships. Um, and I've been very connected over the past several years with Long Hollow Baptist. I love, love you guys. And I love the staff. I get the privilege every other week of just hanging out with staff members uh, every mm-hmm. other Wednesday. And it's a it's a real privilege for me, a real honor to be involved. Yeah, I'd, I'd say yeah. too, Ralph, along those lines, you know, it's, you know, I've taken advantage of that multiple times <laughs> over the last year <laughs> or so. And uh, you've been a, extremely helpful uh, in just thinking through, you know, I, I made a joke about the emotional health. You, you know, it's the man inside of me wants to think that it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal. And, um, yeah. you know, you've been very helpful in terms of navigating some of that stuff and helping uh, me and Jessica think through some things. So, yeah, you've made a huge impact uh, in the staff at Long Hollow and even with uh, our members of Long Hollow as we have um, we have uh, sent people your way. We've scholarship people to come uh, to your counseling center for more ongoing care. You know, you've made a huge impact in our community. We thank you for it. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. I I have to say like, that was one of the things that I valued the most as we were coming to Long Hollow was the emphasis that Long Hollow put on, man, life's tough and and it's okay not to be okay. Uh, In fact, they did that in that real life series in November, uh, which if you haven't heard that, man, I love that sermon series. It was good. it was so good. Uh, it leaned into depression um, and into anxiety in a way that few churches do. And to hear Ralph, just the, 
the time that you have with our staff, like that was really huge for us. And so um, I'm really excited for today's episode because uh, Mike and I are, Ralph, no pressure. We're probably just going to, we have a few questions that we've already shown you, but we're probably going to have follow-up questions to this, like, because we're super intrigued <laughs> yeah. and, uh, okay. and so we're, we're really excited about it. Um, and so let's go ahead and jump into it. Um, Ralph, why do we need to be thinking about mental health right now? Well, I think a lot of times we, we ignore our mental, our emotional health. We, we, mm. we pay attention often to the physical health, but sometimes the emotional health gets stuck, stuffed down. Um, so it's so incredibly important that we allow ourselves and others to feel what we feel. Yeah. Um, give permission. Uh, when we deny our feelings or we stuff those feelings down, um, we, we're really de denying our humanness. I don't know if that's a word, mm. but we're, we're <laughs> denying a part of our humanity, basically. Um, yeah. I, over the weekend, I was working in the garden and I rubbed a blister on my hand um, mm. and it hurt. <laughs> and it's good that I recognized, it's good that I recognized it hurt. If I didn't recognize a hurt, it would be, that would be a really a, a problematic thing. And I recognized it and then I did something about it. I took care of it, but it still hurt, even though That's I was right. taking care of it. So we're, we're, real, we're real careful and intentional about our physical pain, but sometimes we don't pay attention like we need to uh, with, our, with our emotional pain and the things we're going through. Ralph, why do you think that is? Why do you think that we have... You know, it almost like I, when I think about what you're saying, it's almost like it's instinctual that I try to just cram it down. You know, you know, the mm -hmm. man inside me says, you know, suck it up, man up, you know, just drive on. You're going to work it out later. Why do you think we do that? I honestly think it's because we sometimes are judged or we're shut down when we express our feelings. So mm -hmm. um, and, and sometimes we as believers do that two people. So someone says, I'm feeling anxious. And we quote a verse to them, um, which, which the verse is absolutely perfect. Um, mm. You know, it's, um, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with the content of that verse that, that we're quoting. But mm. before we, before we give them a solution, it's important that we get understanding, we focus on understanding. So when yeah. someone expresses that they're feeling anxious or they're depressed about the situation that we're, we're going through today, first of all, being present with them, asking them questions. Can you tell me more about that? Can you tell yeah. me more about that anxiety? Help me understand it. And then mm -hmm. repeating back to them what, what you're hearing. And then the final thing is, is validating that feeling, whatever, whatever mm -hmm. they're feeling, if we can come, if we can validate that feeling somehow by saying, you know what, it really makes sense that you would be feeling that based yeah. on what I hear you say and based on what we're going through in our uh, world today, it makes sense. Yeah. What, what do you, what do you need from me? What, how mm -hmm. can I help you? Um, but rather than jumping in first, we first of all sit and we validate. And most of us know when we are able to validate negative emotions, they decrease. That's if good. we invalidate, yeah. 
if we invalidate negative emotions, almost always they get bigger. Man, so that's I, really good. Yeah. That's really good. I like that, that idea of when, when you speak to it, it, it can minimize it. But when you don't, it just gets bigger. And what I love, all those questions, you know, if I'm a group leader right now, listening to that, thinking about my group, you know, the questions that you just asked, I don't need to know an answer to, I don't need to know how to solve this problem, um, which is so much, I think that's the lie that we've got to fix it, or we've got to be the solution to somebody's problem. But really, as you were saying, we just got to sit in it with them. Uh, we have to validate that, uh, that pain, that struggle. Um, and so I love what you just said all that it requires of our leaders is not some training. It's not some intelligence or competency. It's, it's really just compassion. Um, and, and, and to listen, it, it's really the, the ability they need is availability, right? Like it's just, I will sit in this with you. And that's something that all of us as leaders or all of us as spouses can do when we're around those that are hurting. Yes. So, we, we refer to it as non-anxious presence, being able oh, wow, to, that's good. to be present with someone and be non-anxious about it. There's no judgment. There's no, um, there's no need to fix. It's just being present. Some people refer to it as ministry of presence, mm. being present with someone, uh, with really whatever, they're, whatever they're walking through. I've also heard it referred to as be, being a benevolent witness. We're just mm. there. We're there to allow people to speak what they're what they're feeling and get it out so we can really so that we can walk alongside them. In that. Yeah. So, Ralph, let me ask you another question. So when you're talking about validating uh, what people are feeling, is there a difference between that or actually, I guess probably a better question would be, does my agreeing with how they feel require a requirement to validate their feelings? No, I don't. I don't think we have to agree with how they, how they came to that that feeling necessarily. We might not quite get it, and we might have some thoughts. But I think just really listening very, very carefully, um, mm. and asking probing questions, and just letting them talk, and almost always we'll be able to find something about those statements where we're able to say, it makes sense. And then when we say, what do you need? How can I help you during this time? Often people will say, you know, I don't think I need anything. I just needed a safe place to say that hmm. without judgment. Or sometimes they might say, so what do you think God has to say about this? There's when we have the opportunity. Now they're inviting us. We're not jumping to a solution. They're inviting us to give them some help. And to that, we, we might say, you know what? I'm not for sure I have the answer, but let me give some time. Let, let me take some time and think about this and I'll give you a call back tonight. Yeah. Um, so we don't have to, we don't have to rush to solution because sometimes, and this is really, really important for leaders to hear. Sometimes our solution can be more problematic than the problem itself. That's good. Oh, wow. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think yeah. about Unpa unpack that a little bit, though. I think that's really good. What it, in what way is it more problematic? Well, so let me give you an analogy. If I go to my doctor's office and I walk in and she says, Ralph, it looks like your cheeks are all flushed today. Let me give you a prescription. You go home and take this for a week and come back and see me. 
well, even though my doctor's really, really smart, even though I have a lot of trust in my doctor, she cannot offer me a solution without getting understanding because her solution that she offered me there without getting some understanding could be more problematic. It could kill me, right? I could be, you know, if she doesn't know why I'm there, she can't offer me a solution. She has to, she has to get understanding first before she offers me a solution there. Therefore her solution could be Mm -hmm. more problematic than the problem itself. Yeah. That's so good. I think we see that play out. Like, so thinking, in the group environment and you know i've been guilty of this i think that's why it came to mind but you know we're doing prayer requests and someone voices you know hey i need prayer for this and then we immediately we haven't even prayed yet and we're already jumping in and say well have you thought about doing this or maybe you should do this to fix that and then maybe if you did this and, and then before we know it everybody's trying to solve this problem and the only thing that person asked for was prayer exactly what we should have done is kept our mouth shut and just prayed for them like they asked. And then maybe a follow-on conversation later would have been more appropriate. That's good. That's good, Mike. Ralph, uh, another question for you. You know, right now, I I mentioned earlier, there's kind of two pandemics that are happening. You have this health pandemic around COVID-19 and staying healthy and avoiding that. But what it's doing is it's triggering almost this social or this emotional pandemic as people are responding to it. And so we hear a lot of uh, fear, anxiety, worry, loneliness. We're hearing a lot of all these things. And so I guess my question is, I think that's, it's normal to feel those things right now. Um, But where do we begin? Where is their concern when it starts to get out of control? What are the warning signs that let us know that, hey, that's not just a moment. It's now becoming, we're being controlled by our emotions opposed to us being in control of our emotions. Again, it's you're you're right, Vic. When we allow the emotions to take control of us, and we're not in control of them, now it becomes problematic. It's quite normal to feel all these things. We've got to be careful that we're controlling the emotion, and we and we step up to it, and we face it, and we move through it. The analogy that I often use with people in counseling is, um, if we if we're if we ever encounter a mountain line then yeah. we we step up to the mountain line we don't we don't we don't run from the mountain line because the likelihood of a mountain line catching me is pretty great if i start running <laughs> i'm not i'm not going to be able to outrun a mountain line so if i run it's i'm 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 dead yes okay. yeah so the the better chance of survival is to make noise to to do something to hopefully confront that mountain line. The same thing with fear, with anxiety, with whatever it is, anger, whatever it is that we're, we're faced with, we access it, we express it, we get it out, we take a look at it, and then we, and then we move through it. Mm-hmm. So there may be times when we feel like going to bed and covering, covering up our heads and ignoring sure. this feeling. And it's okay for a little while, maybe for a couple minutes to do that. But then we have to we have to pull the covers down and we have to take a look at what's causing this causing this behavior. What is the yep. feeling? We access it, we express it, and then we move through it. We take a small step. We call somebody, we journal, we pray, we go exercise, we we 
take a step, a positive step. And now we then are in control of the emotion and it's not controlling us. Mm, that's really good. What about for our leaders? Are there, what are things that we should look for? Um, and it's not even in our group members. It may be in our family or in our friends, but like, what are some of those warning signs with the people that we're walking alongside that says, Oh, I, I don't know if they're at a great place right now that where, where it looks like they're drifting into that unhealthy place. We can't know that for sure, but there are some, some warning signs that maybe should trigger for us as leaders. Well, most, most leaders know their people pretty well. And so if there's extreme changes in behavior, if you've got an extrovert who all of a sudden doesn't take your calls, isn't wanting to talk, is mm. uh, exhibiting behaviors that are unusual, then you, you talk, you talk to them, you, um, you ask them, how are things going? And it's, it's okay to give them permission, give them permission yeah. to talk about what they're feeling, saying things like, hey, man, I've noticed I've noticed that you have been um, kind of quiet these days. How are things going? You know? Yeah. So being, being aware of, of changes um, yeah. in, in behaviors. Yeah. And as you were saying, asking those questions too, uh, the, what I love is the way you started this. It's very, it's very non-threatening for me as a leader. If I do sense, man, maybe something's off, I don't need to come in with a solution. I don't need to come in and say, hey, I think you may be struggling with depression right now. Just, <laughs> hey, how are you doing? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's probably not going to go well, huh? <laughs> probably yeah. not, no. <laughs> that's right. But how are you doing and how can I help? You know, yeah. man, that's, I validate that. Like all of that is, it, it, I can do that. I just got to be willing to step into it. Right. Well, I think that's that, that ministry of presence that we mentioned in the beginning of the episode, just being yeah. available and present when, if, and when they're ready to talk about it, I think would be huge. Yeah. Yeah. Being really careful it. that we don't come in with, with judgment, but being, uh, being observant. I've noticed yeah. this about you mm. and that seems unusual. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I've noticed that about you. And then you put it back in their court opposed to saying, yeah, all signs point to this yeah. is my diagnosis. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I like, again, you kind of mentioned, uh, Mike, that non-anxious presence. We're coming back to that. You know, I, I like the, I really like that, the non-anxious presence. Um, when it comes to that, the, you know, I think I've heard that with leadership often. When it comes to moments of crisis, which we're in right now, um, a lot of times, at least for me, whether it's as a father or as a husband or just as a church leader, I I have a tendency in leadership to, in being a non-anxious presence for others, stuff my personal emotions. How do you, in terms of this crisis and leading and being that non-anxious presence for others, not neglect yourself? Well, that's a, that's a really tricky one because most of, most of the leaders love their people and they're doing this because they love people. Yeah. But I think we've got to be really cautious to step back and make sure that we're not allowing other people's chaos to become our chaos. We've mm -hmm. got to, we've got to make sure that we separate out what's in, what's in my control and what's not in my control. Oh, that's good. What are some examples of things that would be in your control and not in your control as a leader walking through this with people? Well, decisions that, that people make or their, their lack of movement towards health. Mm -hmm. um, 
we we can't change people. We're not responsible for people's feelings, thoughts, actions, or behaviors. So knowing and keeping in mind that we can't change people, it's our we have responsibility to people to be respectful and kind and courteous and being present with them, but we're not responsible for them. So when we start trying to change people, when we start trying to take control of their behaviors, whether it's relationship issues or financial decisions they're making or not making, that's that's what I'm talking about is allowing their chaos to become our chaos. Ralph, let me ask you uh, another question. We, you know, we've been talking a lot about you know what to do uh, after it's already an issue. So someone, either us or somebody we know, somebody in our group is uh, exhibiting signs of depression or um, some type of mental health issue. You know, it's already a problem. What what are some things that we can do personally and some things that maybe we can get our group doing that will help kind of maybe stop it before it becomes a problem? So, you know, isolation, um, depression, all these things are major concerns right now because we're literally not allowed <laughs> to have social face-to-face -face interaction with people outside of our family. So what are some things that we can just kind of incorporate into our regular routine or schedule to kind of curb some of these uh, this drifting towards depression. Yeah. So some of the things that come to mind, Mike, would be number one, managing those emotions, managing your anxiety. We've talked about that. And I think also limiting consumption of news. It's on 24 seven. We have, it's available to us, but I, I do think we need to stay informed, obviously, but limiting that we don't mm. have to watch it over and over and over. Um, Staying in touch virtually, correct. We can't we can't uh, be together like we want to be and will be soon. Uh, but staying in touch virtually, being being intentional about that, even though it's not that comfortable for us at times, but doing it anyway, pushing through that, uh, making plans, uh, plan uh, what things that you can do outside, things that you can do with your family, um, routines are really, really important right now. So even little things like making the bed, cleaning off the counter, you know, having times where we sit down as a, a family and eat together or pray together or having a time set where we, um, it's book time, where we're reading a book or going outside and playing, but, but um, having routines, getting exercise, taking, taking walks, um, being intentional about getting outside. Journaling is a great way uh, to deal with these emotions and, and keeping them in check. Um, writing, write out what you're feeling and what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. If you want to know how to journal, read the book of Psalms. Uh, yeah, the good. Psalmist demonstrates beautifully how to journal. Every emotion imaginable is expressed and mm -hmm. it's okay. Um, and then uh, we've already talked about this, but separating what is in your control and what is not in your control. Having times when you go outside to be really intentional about paying, atten paying attention to what you hear, what you see, what you smell, just being still, just being quiet and observing, observing and, and uh, paying attention to what's going on inside of your body when you're, when you're taking the, that time. Yeah. Uh, challenging yourself to stay present in the moment. That's so there's good. a few things. Man, I love that. You mentioned so many things of being proactive 
uh, towards healthy rhythms, healthy routines, and, and that being such a big piece of, as you were saying, uh, Mike, kind of flattening the curve. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to do that on the health side of the pandemic, but there's on the emotional uh, well-being side of the pandemic, we can do that through what you just said, as well as, you know, personally, one of the things that I that Sophie and I are always trying to do is whenever there are those warning signs, we want to catch it early. Um, just like with this, with the virus side of the pandemic, you know, um, and so you mentioned the blister analogy. Well, the blister is really small and the only way it stays small is by proactively treating it and addressing it, not ignoring it. Exactly. Um, another way we've thought about it is you don't wait until your tire blows out or that it has no tread left. If it's getting a little flat or if it's losing its tread, you take it to the body shop before that happens. Um, you take it for a tune-up opposed to waiting for, for your truck to just break down. Same with our soul. You know, we, for us as a family, we're always trying to catch it early and then to go and get help, whether it's through our community or uh, a lot of times we'll do therapy and counseling as well. And so for our, you know, maybe our leaders here, you're somebody right now that's like, man, I feel like I need that help. I need to, I think, as you're assessing it, and trying to express it, you're realizing, man, I, I need, I need help. I need somebody else, um, you know, or you may see it from your members, whether it's a member or a leader, uh, Ralph, where can they go uh, to get some help? So in, encouraging them to reach out for professional help. Most of, most of the therapists that I know right now are doing virtual sessions. We have 14 amazing uh, therapists at Lantern Lane Farm who are all doing virtual sessions. Uh, it's not something I was thrilled about doing to start with, but as I got into doing it as a therapist, I became more comfortable with it. And obviously mm -hmm. it's best that we're in a room with someone talking, but um, <clears throat> contact an organization like ours in Mount Juliet, Lantern Lane Farm. You don't have to drive to Mount Juliet now. You can, you can reach us online and we'll we'll work alongside you individually or even as couples or families um, and helping you deal with whatever issues you're you're dealing with man that's really good um and then i it, we would we're going to put that in the show notes uh so that they could if you want to reach out to ralph you can go to that link or you can send it to a member who maybe would like to uh, as well as if you're sitting here saying, man, right now, uh, maybe my job, I don't know the certainty of that, or financially we're at a crunch or whatever barrier is preventing you. If you need help, we have a link in the show notes to uh, at Long Hollow of how we want to help you. And so we really don't want finances or anything to be a barrier from you getting the help that you need. And we believe in it so much that uh, we want to come alongside you to help uh, help you in this uh, in this crazy time in this situation. And so um, I, we both Long Hollow and Ralph, uh, we, we really we want to help you in this season. And so, um, man, Ralph, I, I thank you so much for taking the time today. Uh, it has been yeah. so helpful. Um, you know, I think from our group leaders, for our group members, it really has been. This is something that I think we all need and something that we can't neglect. And so um, I really appreciate you taking the time today. Thank you so much. Thanks for inviting me. Yes, Ralph. You're the man. It's been great. This has actually been our first time to really get to, to know one another. I look forward to spending some more time with you in the future. Uh, this is going to be such a blessing for our people. So check out the notes, uh, the show notes, get those links, uh, relay it on. If you feel like there's somebody that needs help in your group, 
And we are praying for you guys in this crazy season. And so uh, as you leave from here, if this has been helpful, if you want to stay in touch with what we're doing, you can subscribe. You can leave a, a, a rating. We would love for you to be a part of the conversation we're having as we figure out how to continue to provide community uh, in this crazy season. We believe life change happens best in circles, not rows. And though that looks a little different right now, uh, we really know that that's a huge part as we have as we pursue emotional health and spiritual health. And so thanks for as a group leader for being a part of that solution. And we look forward to touching base with you soon in our next episode.